Okay, it's the Craggy Rugby Podcast, match day five from season three, the game against Edinburgh. This is really important, William. Yeah, this is uh, a game that when you saw the fixtures at the start of the season probably didn't stand out as being absolutely vital, but coming into it 0-3 and and with one abandonment in Italy, um, we need a result tonight. We most certainly do, don't we, Dave? Oh God, yes. It's got. I mean, I think we are getting to the stage where I'd actually take a win over a performance. Um, I, I think the, the performance will garner the win, but you take four points. You take it. You don't care how. You don't care if it's the scruffiest drop goal in the 90, in the 80th minute, and it just scrapes over the bar. You don't care. You take the four points just to stop it because Connacht are a team that it goes on runs of defeats, and we need to arrest it now. Um, we should be four. We should be down four. Let's be honest about that. We're down three, and we had the abandonment. And they've decided they're picking. They've sent as close to first full strength as they have. The only person that isn't starting for them that you would say would be part of the first choice time is Sidalgo Klein, and he's to come on. So they're looking to win this game, but we have to get the four points. And I don't really care how it's done. Okay, William, we might have lost the first four games of the season, but the crowd are still behind this team fully. Well, we've only lost three, Alan. One game was abandoned. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, the crowd are in good form and uh, just had a nice presentation on the pitch there from Dickie Roach, a Connacht player from the 50s who played six times for Ireland. First Irishman, first Irish player selected from Connacht and he's given his jersey and his first cap to uh, the Connacht branch here to display in the clubhouse. Better atmosphere, people have piled in. Friday nights always create an atmosphere here, and the more games we play on a Friday, I think, the better. And it's already got that buzz about it. it was half an hour ago, it was empty. Now I'd say it's three quarters full. Yeah, they're just streaming in. I'm just looking across there. They're absolutely streaming in the gates still. So hopefully we're going to get a good game to go with this crowd. OK, William, 20 minutes. The score is 10-all. Edinburgh just scored... Slightly, uh, slightly dubious try. It looked like there might have been a forward pass involved, but it did come from Connacht throwing the ball around and not getting out of their own territory. Yes, it's frustrating. They, the ball needed to be cleared. They got into bother, they got pushed back, they didn't clear it, and they made an error, and they've given up seven points. Uh, a bit of pragmatism was required there. They played very well, they've been working really hard, they're doing things tonight at speed, and it's been coming off. Fine try by knee, Ali Alokum. Man has amazing speed, but that was just a sloppy handover of seven points. It was indeed, we've had 82% possession in the first 20 minutes, and it's 10 all, so not looking good. We'll talk again at halftime. Okay, William. It's half time. 18 points to 10 for Comets. Um, what a good half. Yeah, it's a good half. Um, best half of rugby I think we've played this year. Plenty of conviction. Still a few little errors, but they're playing everything they're trying to do at speed now. A lot of it's working for them. And uh, that's, that's really helping. Edinburgh haven't offered an awful lot, but they're still in this game. And uh, a lot of the second half now at the start will be a good, fast start and just take them out of it. Um, they look a little bit uh, weak in their midfield defence. We've exploited it well, and we're playing a lot better. Yeah, scrum's going well. Mr Carey's had a very good debut, and the back row are probably having their best game so far this season. Um, so we'll, we'll talk again on 60 Minutes as, as things are going quite well at last. 
Okay, William, it's just 62 minutes. The last recording didn't work for some reason, so we're going to try that again. We're 23 points to 10 up with uh, Callagher scoring excellent try. Um, and Edinburgh back on the attack. Yeah, Edinburgh have been on the attack now for about 15 minutes, really. We haven't been controlling the ball too well, but they've made uh, a lot of little errors which have uh, kept the score as it is. The game's getting a bit disjointed and broken up, and we've lost our pattern a bit. Uh, but we're still doing all right. I wouldn't like to see Edinburgh scoring next. Uh, I think we've got to keep them out in this phase and then I expect we'll get a chance. They've been very inaccurate. Um, but Connacht doing okay. They're still uh, trying to play their, their, their tactic, their passing the ball, but it's become a bit static. It certainly has. We'll talk again on full time, hopefully with a win. Okay, William, full time, Connacht 28, Edinburgh 15. What a, what a good win and a bonus point. Yeah, palpable sense of relief around here, I think, for everybody, uh, spectators, and I suspect the team as well. Uh, came through a tricky 25 minutes in that second half there, uh, but got a try right at the end to get the bonus point. Not to like, still stuff they have to work on, but with a very difficult month coming up in October, it's crucial to get this. Hopefully they can kick on some serious-looking injuries again, Kieran Marvian and Dennis Buckley. I don't know, they did, both of them limping off would look like nasty nuts. It's post-game section of the podcast. Connacht have won a game, and not only that, they've got a bonus point. Lindy McKenzie, welcome along. Great, isn't it? <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> does, that does indeed. Good. Does indeed. Yeah. Never panicking, of course. No. Always knew it would happen. Yeah. Big thanks to Rob Lloyd last week for keeping us all on our feet, <laughs> keeping our feet grounded by uh, telling us, don't worry yet, and we shouldn't have. William Davis, take that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Big sense of relief here. You could feel it from the fans. I think they were, they were just waiting for that, and it happened, and the uh, job is done, and... Uh, season has commenced. Part of the relief Dave Finn is possibly to the fact that Edinburgh scored a try to get within one score towards the end although they didn't because they hit the post of conversion so they were eight points down but that said when that try went in there was a kind of a sense of uh oh and then Connick stepped up. Well there was a sense of uh oh every, t- every time they scored uh, they got a penalty and there was a sense of uh oh then we score a try through knee uh, they, they, we didn't gift them a try because we did something stupid again and um, they got a try from it um, so then there was a sense of uh oh and there was definitely a sense I think if Tovey's kick had gone over there would have been an even bigger sense of uh oh but we're still in, okay we're still keeping them out and then there's a little bit of individual uh, individual brilliance from, from Peter Robb and you know that's like I said we said before again we didn't care how the performance was we take the points we got five points and we got the, we got we got mainly we got a performance that justified that so yeah good we seem to be just ramping up just in time for the only thing we care about this year according to Alan Dagan which is the Champions Cup yeah yeah pre-season's over we've kicked on with our first league game win and uh, now we're getting ready for the Champions Cup with a big game against Ulster next week to really sort of get the levels up another another notch <laughs> he's gone back to rugby circa 2000 uh, but yeah we, we do want to be going well for the Toulouse game but the Ulster game's huge next week so what can we draw from this we seem to play a, an attacking brand of rugby and we scored some lovely tries let's start with that Lenny well I think we just looked like Connacht of old. This, it, it was getting closer and closer to the type of performance we we expected from mm-hmm. Connacht. There was there was definitely a, a greater intensity. There was certainly the defence was was ferocious and you know it was was great uh, tonight. I, I just think and also as well, it's that fluidity that we've missed in the attack. It was back and the and the passes were sticking, and I think that made makes a huge difference. I personally didn't think Edinburgh had huge amount to offer. 
in terms of attack they didn't really look like scoring a try I know I know that obviously that their forwards you know speaking even to Jake Heenan tonight that they were a big they are a big bruising pack and they do take a lot to put down but but I, I, I don't think they looked terribly um you know uh, incisive tonight and we don't know of course how that the effect of Alan Solomon's departure was whether it was going to galvanise them or in fact the opposite we, we don't really know but it doesn't really matter because we're more concerned with Connacht and the fact that you know this was the perfect game that we needed right now at this time to get that win and to get it over and done with and to give the confidence the lads and to let them know that you know all the work they have been doing slowly slowly getting better that it has produced a winning performance yeah and I'd like to say this Alan Edinburgh games at home have never been easy for us uh, and we came into this one knowing we had to win feeling we should be well ahead of them and then watching our team without playing perfectly get a five pointer out of it so I, we got to be happy with that we do, we do. It is sort of five wins and six, but against Edinburgh. But yes, we've always seen. They've won struggle six times them. here, haven't they? They have won. They won six yeah. times. Yeah, they, I think the the overall record here was one six drawn, six lost six there you go. against That's Edinburgh. What I'm about, but yeah. in the last number of years, we've we've managed to ramp it up. Haven't said that two years ago. They came here yeah, and really thinking, yeah. burst our bubble after we'd done a great job on Monster. So, um, but I, just, I, I, I think, I, think it's the kind of fixture that you, I'd never go into thinking. It's not like the Dragons fixture. We go into thinking, geez, if we don't beat Edinburgh, but this week we had to we had to win this. Oh, we did because you can't. You can't lose four games in a row at the start of the season. We've never, like, we've never lost three games at the start of the season before. We've we've won the first one, then lost eight and nine. <laughs> we've never sort of gone and lost a whole uh, rake of games like that. And and you know we, we we played like we knew we were champions. We played like we knew we could kick on and and, and work it out. And I think Peter Robb had a major impact on that, as did Conor Carey. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, it was good conviction what we did this evening, and it was all quicker. And there was more belief in it. And that sort of galvanised itself through the side. I think Peter Robb made a huge difference in the centre. Massive difference to the just the confidence of the defensive line. The, everybody was doing their job rather than worrying about what the other guy was doing. That said, Edinburgh were poor. Uh, they haven't been galvanised. And in that 20-minute spell from about... 50th to the 70th minute they had a lot of chances of good good enough possession from our 10 meter line to inside the 22 and they they knocked the ball on three or four times uh we were pressurizing them hard at the time but a better side might have capitalized there and uh but look it's 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 just the start we had we had to stop the rot and that's now been achieved so now they've got to they've got to step on the next issue on the agenda for them is the injuries. Following on from your Peter Robb point, Lindley Chikinen mentioned the word shape about four times in the overall press conference and once to myself as well. He talked about what William was saying, the shape was key to everything they did. Yeah, I think, and I think that comes from um, having had four games, three and a half games, um, in which to get that shape organised. We have to remember, I mean, I, I was convinced that... You know the gods were not smiling on Connacht this season. I mean, if you look, if you look at the start they've had, they lost their pre-season matches. They had two of the toughest teams to play in their opening two, two former champions. They have had injuries in key positions, and look at the weather. I mean, the weather that we have had doesn't really suit the way Connacht like to play play rugby. Mm. And I think tonight that they actually did play those conditions well. So I say. <laughs> I think, yes, the shape is becoming is is improving. Obviously, as a result of yeah. a longer time, to, longer time together. And remember, fellas like Jake coming back, who's been a key player 
for Connacht in the past. A lot of these pl- new players who came in, you know, you have to, and, and like that Peter Robb coming back as well. I mean, you have to look at, say, Owen Griffin coming back into play alongside Bundy. And not the easiest, not the easiest. Rob has been there, done it. He's done it all last year. He's been training with them, you know, even when he was in the academy training with them. So he knows them very well. So just, I think, just a few key players coming back into the slotting in mm. that it's not so much stressful anymore. There's, there's taken away a certain amount of stress off them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it was interesting in the press conferences. We we're just going to hear the interviews with Pat Lamb and Jay Keenan. Dave, uh, Pat was in. He was in lively mood, and he talked for quite a while. I suggested to him about maybe kicking a little bit more. I was twenty. I was only bringing it up because it came up in the commentary. Whew, did I? Did I take a hit from the side? Yeah, but you are kind of. You, he does raise a fair point. It is the play, the ma- play, play the ball, not the man. No, it's you. Yeah, um, I'm saying to you now. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think I think you were legitimate right to ask him was this a game to kick it? Because yeah. I would have said it was a time to kick. And the thing was, when Jack did kick the ball, yes, he, I'd say, a good 80, 90 percent of them were, were spot on. There was a few didn't quite run, but the pitch got heavy because it rained consistently from the fifth minute onwards. Um, yeah, but they were always going to believe him. There was, if anything. You felt, I felt less worried. I remember the first time they did it, when they tried to run it out from under the post against in conditions like this out in Treviso, and they turned over the ball and scored it. I never felt that they were going to... Certainly in the first half, I never felt they were going to turn the ball over. I think things did change in the second half, and we can look at that. But there was things happening out there. I mean, Quinn Roo did an off-the-ground offload, which you just never see... He, he didn't do. It's, it, they're definitely getting better. I mean, they're still not all the way back on top, but there were... They have belief, and the thing you take from Jake and from Pat, Pat a little bit more professional, but Jake was very enthusiastic, and you can get it comes across that they are very, very much believing that if they're not they're not there yet, and there's a lot to improve on, and there's some obvious areas they have to improve on, but they're getting there, and they could just see the way Jake. I'm gonna say he bounced into the room, but he was definitely positive. All right, let's link to the interviews. Jake Keenan first, and then you'll hear Pat Lamon. That last question where he was like a little bit Rob. <laughs> that be fair? Kind of that kind of tone, or more? Ah, oh, Rob. We're all our up. <laughs> Jake Keenan, man of the match. It was a good all-round performance by your team as well. Four tries. Uh, how happy are you with the result first and foremost? Yeah, delighted. Great to be back on the uh, on the winning horse and um, hopefully build a, mom- a bit of momentum for the next few weeks. I mean, they're uh, they're definitely not getting any easier. So um, look, great fun out there. Really enjoyed it. Going to enjoy tonight and um, looking forward to get back in, getting back in on Monday. One of the big positives I think Connacht fans can take <clears> is the confidence you showed right from the start to play your game out of the 22, keeping ball in hand. Mm. There was a real sign of mental strength from Connacht that what has gone before hadn't affected you. Yeah, I think we're just a bit, a bit faster to get our shape, you know, and, and when we've got shape, we've got options and, and we can put the defence under pressure. You know, I think still sometimes we, we probably need to need relieve pressure by getting rid of the ball if, if, if we're going backwards a bit. But, um, but, you know, again, we'll come in on Monday and, and we'll tweak a few of those things and, and look to keep building. How confident are you that you're? Are you back at the moment, or is there still a little bit more to to really get back in the groove? Do you feel like things are on track where you can go into this Ulster game almost like it's last season? Well, I think we've been better and better every week, and I think we've shown that our defence is, you know, we're getting more and more buzz, and we're getting off the line really quickly, and um, you know, our shape's getting better. Um, same with our attack. So, you know, look, look, we we need to again come back on Monday. You know, keep the things that are going well, tune the things that, that we need to improve and um, you know, and, and hope for another good performance. 
what changed when Connacht reacted to Edinburgh's second try? Obviously, you get back on the front foot and you're playing really good rugby. Why wasn't that there in the 10 minutes before that, if you like? Yeah, we were a bit slow there, I think. Um, yeah, for... for it's a 10, 15 minute period, sort of 10 minutes into the second spell. Um, you know, I, I think probably just a little bit of option taking, you know, um, when we're holding the ball just, just to build that pressure and uh, probably a couple of easy let-offs on D. Um, you know, but uh, but look, you know, we, we for us it's just coming back to our game and, 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 you know, once we build into that and get into our rhythm and, like I say, get that bit of confidence, then, then we're away. We're away laughing. A nice little moment on the assist for Quinn Roos try. Would you be giving tips to some of the backs now on how to tap the ball on? Uh, <laughs> not at all. Good uh, good call from, from the big fella outside me. And, uh, look, hey, if, if Quinn wants the ball, you don't say no. So, uh, yeah, I gave it to him. Looking forward to this Ulster clash. I mean, it is going to be tough for you, but you must relish games against these guys. Oh, big time. Look, they're... they're probably the informed team of the competition and some really outstanding players in there so I mean you know th- these are the these are the reason we play rugby you know to, to get the crack against teams like this and and especially you know out here in front of what was an electric crowd tonight it's uh, it's gonna be really exciting. That said not he didn't feel relieved because he just feels like the processes were going quite well what's that dressing room like after this game? Well look it, it's obviously it's, it's very good but you know we, we've we've been building you know and we've we've kept together this whole time, you know, we, we never panicked or, or especially not pat, you know, so we've just kept building our game and, and you know, and, and we go back and we'll do the same things we've been doing in the last few weeks and, and, and hope to improve and, um, and, and you know, so so again, it, it, it is, it's, it's a great relief to, you know, to get that monkey off our back, but, um, but at the same time, we, we go back to our processes, you know, we, we connect with the boys around us and, and you know, we do our thing. The first thing you have to say is, like, I mean, five points return, perfect, perfect return in that sense. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, the outcome's good, but probably our focus has been the performance. And uh, again, each week we've been getting better, and, and that was another step up. Uh, you know, obviously not still a lot of work ons, but uh, the main thing was that you know we the energy and um, you know and um, uh, you know the the work off the ball was up and was up another level, closer to our standards that we had set. And uh, if we do that, then we got a chance. About 20 minutes before that fourth try from Connacht, Edinburgh seemed to just keep on the pressure, making mistakes, but they kept coming back. Why, why were Connacht just not on the money as much as they were after Edinburgh shook them into life? Yeah, I mean, we, we still got to understand who we're playing. I mean, they're, they're, they're a tough side, and I don't think we... We never have easy games against these guys, and there's some quality in there. But, you know, we, we, we made some mistakes, some of our kicking. We, we turned ball over, which, which uh, you know, we, we got stuck in our half just from that, but... Um, you know, and those are, those are things that we'll work on and we'll go through. But um, but you know, a lot of resilience and um, you know, and particularly defensively, you know, we hung in there really well. And um, you know, whereas certainly the last two games we played at the sports ground, we fell away in that last 10, 20 minutes. But you know, it's been a big emphasis on on what we do off the ball. And uh, you know, I showed boys a few clips um, from last year when we played Edinburgh, and the energy that we brought on defence and the energy we brought on attack about getting into positions. And, a lot of the reasons that we weren't executing as well was because we were slow to get into positions, and today we uh, we stepped that up, up another level, and um, you know it was a lot it was a lot better. Twelve minutes into the game, Edinburgh were three 0 up, and Connacht weren't really showing a lot of spark, and then the Adiolokan comes up with a real bit of class. Like, oh, I think you know an easy score off um, you know off, off a mid ruck, and um, you know again we were flatter and we ran straighter lines, and um, you know and then that you know was. We've been talking about we've been a bit deep and so forth, but uh, you know I probably gave the comparison to the boys during the week, and I, I said like you know I asked them anyone's seen a symphony orchestra, 
you know, and I said, every everyone's got their instrument and they've got a, you know, one person out and the music's not great. And, um, you know, we played some pretty sweet music in April and May, which everyone talks about, and we were just out of tune, out of tune. So the good thing about uh, understanding that is that all it takes is guys just to get their instruments right. And, you know, we lost a drummer, we lost a flute, we lost a guy who plays the violin, um, but the next guy's coming in. It's up to them to, to learn that and... Um, you know, and our music is still not sweet, but the sweet will come. And, and I, 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 as I said in the press conference on Tuesday, I've got a lot of belief in these guys because I see the work they do every day. And, um, and that's our process. It's not for winning. The process is for, um, you know, through when, when people think that it's a crisis or people think that. This is, this is what it's all about. For fear of killing a metaphor, they seem to be going for Mozart from their own 22 from the outset. So with that in mind, we were talking through the commentary. Is there not time sometimes when a little bit of pragmatism would make your life a little bit easier in the coach's oh, box? Rob, you're asking me questions, the same questions you asked me last year. I know. You know, and, um, and you guys all saw the answer to that. You have to understand what we, you know, we started the first three games defending, defending, defending. Mm. So when they won the toss, they chose to kick. So, um, so it was over for us. Now let's play. Let's, let's use the ball and and the thing is take the fear away, take the fear away. And so and you saw what happened when we kick a ball to them and then we have to tackle. But we were in that first. Don't, don't underestimate even in that first stanza of two three minutes. I looked at the body language at the end of it. Our guys were fine. You know, even though we turned the ball over, I looked at their body language and they were sucking some air. Those are the sort of things that's you know like a boxing match. You put a few jabs and put a few jabs and. And uh, a lot of that will pay dividends at some stage. And, um, you know, some of the spaces started to open as some of the guys got tired. But, um, you know, we, we prided ourselves many times last year on keeping ball. And, you know, we, we just, we, all our first three games, we, we lost all the possession stakes and we spent a lot of time defending. And you, you've all seen the result of that. So, um, um, so there, but with that, there's a responsibility to, to nail it. And, um, you know, and, and we're going well until someone turned the ball over. Austria next week, that's, that is uh, a big step up. It's massive. I mean, we know they're, they're on fire. We know the size of their squad. They'll replace international. International, they can rotate. And that's my biggest concern. We have the niggles and the injuries that we have. It's, uh, you know, we're going to be a worrying time in the next 24 hours because we take a big dent in our depth. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, you know, you look at Roy Best playing his first game, you know, that they have that luxury and, you know, they have Tommy Bowe getting ready, but they still have Trimble and Gilroy and Piertel and, you know, Ludic, full of internationals. So we understand what's coming. It's the one team I haven't beaten um, since I've been here. And every time, you know, besides two blowouts, we've uh, it's always been close and it's been key moments. And we last year we, we didn't take some key opportunities there and we lost in the 79th minute. So... Our focus has to be on us uh, getting our jobs right again, and uh, but we're under no illusion of what's coming. And well, and all today is five points and an improved performance, and we go back to work again and get the recovery done and um, and prepare for uh, a massive occasion next uh, and a tough challenge next week. Yes, Pat Lamb in lively mood and very much not relieved. He was stressing that uh, just on the point about my question. He was talking about it being like an orchestra. And I was trying to, trying to use, you haven't heard this interview yet, but I've explained it to you with him. Uh, he's not having any of that talk. He doesn't want any talk about should we kick it or should we not. He says, I've answered that. We've proven that. But at the same time, Joe Eady in the commentary, myself as well, we were just wondering at times, would it not have eased the pressure? Well, I think it would. Yeah. Um, but I'm not coaching the team. Um, 
prime example of that probably when they scored that try because we just got ourselves into bother. We were passing first half, one, yeah. first half try. We were passing the ball fairly aimlessly inside our own twenty-two, and it there was nobody taking charge of it. Everybody was passing the ball on, but nobody actually said, "I'm going to take responsibility and do something here." Either push up or kick it, and in the end. Uh, we got we over-elaborated, there was a knock-on, and they scored from that. And that's frustrating when you give away cheap points like that. I know we have a particular way of playing, um, but sometimes it seems to get us into bother. It, they didn't capitalise a couple of other times this evening. I disagree. I like the way we play. We won a championship with it, and I think we should Ooh, keep Pat doing Lamb's it. Pat going to love you. Yeah, I know, I know, and I'll go with that. Well, the, the, the reason being that by, by playing the ball so much in hand, when we do get to the opposition 22, we can do the things we do because we've had the ball and we've been running with it and we've been passing along and the hands are good and the, you know everybody's up, up a level so that you can, you can raise it up that little bit more in the 22. And like Jake Heenan's you know, pass, that little flip pass was amazing. Don't tell me he could have done that if he'd been chasing around tackling all day. Mm. You can't do it. You can't possibly switch at that speed from that. You need to be passing the ball a fair amount Here's in order thing. to make sure it's working. Well, I suppose the other thing is, with, with the way that they play it, there are always risks, and that, yeah. is, that is one of the it's risks, is the, turno- is the turnover ball, and that's what happened tonight. It yeah. was They did play a lot in their own 22 to try to play the ball out, a little bit risky at times, and yes, sometimes you kind of felt like maybe should they kick the ball or maybe they needed someone to to sort of grasp it, I think, around the throat and just take off or something. I'm not really sure but uh, how to explain it. But I just felt that that's the way they play. Yes, it's risky and so be it. Yeah, I think that as well. Although Pat will tell you it's not always about that either. He says sometimes there are games where you need to kick the ball too and he will say that as well. Yeah, but I just wonder if, if what if last if what we saw today was a reaction to something, some of the things that went wrong last week. Some of the kicks last week where there was a lot more kicking yes, than, than, yes. Than, than we're used to. Maybe it, was a, maybe it was a case of, look, it's not quite working out. And players themselves will say, what do we go back to? Now, conditions-wise, I don't think it was a hell of a lot different, apart possibly from wind. Actually, probably from the wind was the big difference between conditions this week and last week. But uh, I just feel, I just feel, they, they're just in the mood. Just, just it's, it's where they are. I don't think they would have played that game if we were in, in, in Edinburgh. I think, we, I think it's at home. They feel they're much more confident. They're much more... And I think, again, you'll see a different... They'll play differently... Next week than they would do up in Ravenhill, absolutely. And I think I think the kicking game is put on the back burner from the start, from, from immediately off the gun when they're at home. It's different when they're over, when they're away. I think I think you're right there, but I think also as well as when they were kicking, um, they were at times of the game when they could afford, when they could have, uh, sorry, when they weren't kicking, it was at times of the game when they could afford to keep the ball in hand. In the second half, I think you saw a lot more uh, kicking, some excellent kicks from from Jack Carty, superb kicks, kicks for touch at a judicious times, and I think that that was good to see as well. You read it. Jack got the ball thirty times in the first half. He ran three times, he passed 26 times and kicked it once. And the second half was quite different because we were, we were in the lead at that stage, but it was incredible to see us playing that amount of possession. Having an out, I can't imagine an out-half in the world has that sort of stats in his, in his game after, after 40 minutes of rugby. Great game, Jack, too, in my opinion. I thought he played very well. Excellent, yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. Well done, Jack. OK, let's have a musical sting for if nothing else, so we can all just gather our thoughts here and then finish this podcast. Bling! Final section of the podcast, Alan, let's start with this. Yeah, just um, Paki is normally here on, on these podcasts for a home game, but unfortunately his uncle Marty died um, 
and Packy's away at the, the funeral, so just uh, condolences to, to Packy and Orla and all the family. I know that there's his various brothers and sisters listening, listening so we'll just um, pass on his con- our condolences. 100%, yeah, they're all listening and we appreciate their listens. Even Orla listens, as we learned last season, <laughs> to our cost. Anyways, um, as we tick into the final section, there's, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. One is nonsense speculation in the paper. Uh, well, was it nonsense speculation? I don't know. A lot of people get annoyed at the journalists... Ah, look, Munster interested in Aki. Shock her. <laughs> well, that's no surprise. Yeah. Any player that's out of contract, people are going to be talking about it. People have to write stories. Alton yeah. Delan is from Munster. Um, it's water off a duck's back. It's, you read it, you shrug your shoulders and say, yeah, all these things are under negotiation and discussion. There's no point getting upset about it. It's no. just part of the game. I can tell you, look, Rory is, uh, was loving Connick last year, so there's no anti-Connick bias or anything like that. That said, they have to keep their ear to the ground and sometimes they have to find stories. Would you prefer if it was really heavily sourced, maybe? But look, I'm not going to give him any grief over that. He's no different than any other paper. So that's that. I don't think there's much more to say. Our players are going to be targeted. That's the way it is, Lindy, isn't well, it? It's, it's any of our good players abs- will be targeted. Ab- absolutely. And, you know, we can't do anything about that. You know, um, we've seen it last year and last season. And it's really up to the players themselves. Themselves, whether they want to, whether they want to go or stay, and and sometimes it might be up to the amount of money that they can command and the amount of money Connacht can can give them. But at the end of the day, you know, they have to weigh up the pros and cons, and there are always pros and cons for any player to stay. And I'd say particularly um, in the case of 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 Bundy. I guess as well, lads, Dave and Alan, it's a sign of the confidence in the team, you know, in terms of, or it's time of the progress of this team. Like, we got to have confidence in the fact that we're not afraid if our players have been targeted because we've won a pro 12. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest about it. The whole idea of Connacht is that their players get targeted and, and roll off to, to, other, to other provinces. It's sort of always been the RFU's raison d'etre for this province. So it's nice to actually, the fact that that is still fundamentally what they said, they, why they let Connacht stay alive back in the day. And... To be fair, the fact that you are talking about Pro 12 winners, it won't just be Bundy, it won't just be won't just be Alton. It'll be it'll be someone like Jake if he keeps up the performances yesterday. You can, you can see somebody will, somebody will come sniffing around Dennis Buckley, somebody will come sniffing around Finney Beelham. It's what's going to happen. You live with it. It's just the, my only annoyance with it is I'd like to have also seen people sniffing around Leinster and Munster and Ulster. And if Rory does those stories, I won't have any problems with it. And you're right, it really is just what off a duck's back. Uh, it should it should be water off the dust. Alan, last question to you: Can you envisage a time in the future where Connacht will be the ones doing the sniffing? Can you see a, a point where, even like you win a t- one title, wasn't going to change the entire mindset around the province, and none of us thought it would? But can you see us getting there to that point? Well, we've already done it. We we got Keen Kellar. King Gallagher was one of the most exciting young players to come out of Leinster and we've got him he's got a great try tonight mm. I think that's the difference we're still getting the young players mm. as opposed to the established players from the other provinces and there's no harm and there's no harm in that there might come a time because uh, things never stand still in sport where these the provinces are going to become maybe more independent of the IRFU mm. they're going to get major sponsorship somewhere they mm. Munster might become Toyota Munster. We might become Mazda Connacht. That's, that's <laughs> Murphy centric Connacht. Even even Murphy centric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that is that is possible. I'm just putting it on the table, will you, Ryan? I'm just putting it on the fair, table. Fair enough. <laughs> um, don't call us. We'll call you. Um, but if that happens uh, and and independent money becomes available. That could change the whole way rugby works. You can't you can't say that that wouldn't happen. But at the moment, you just work within your budget. Brilliantly covered, guys. Just one thing: Connacht don't 
announced they're going sniffing, they just sign a t- six foot eight lad from Wasps. That's what they do. You don't hear about it in the paper. You just get sent to press release going, we've signed a six foot eight lad from Wasps. And he is huge. <laughs> so big. Let's hope he uh, hits, hits top form. And he certainly looks like the kind of squad player we needed. So that looks like a great call. And they're not claiming them for anything more than that. But he has the potential. And that's what's good. Okay. Last section of the podcast is any other business, really. Oh, injuries. One other thing. William, maybe on this, we're just going to be really worried going into this Uls game. Lindley then after that. Dennis Buckley went off injured. Owen McKeown went off injured. Who else went off? Kieran Marmion. They're three key ones. Matt Healy. Matt Healy at the very first minute. Yep. Um, Yikes. It's, Good it, job none of them are first-team players. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a perennial story. We, we went through it all of last season. Uh, it's been part of this season. It's a high-contact game. Um, we seem to carry more maybe than other sides, but that that's probably incorrect, actually, if I sat down and analysed every other team. It's just because mm. you watch Connacht more. Mm. Yes, it, that, that is a concern. We've, we're going into a really tough couple of weeks now. Uh, Ulster at home, Toulouse at home, Zebra away, and after the last visit there, anything's possible. And then we have Leinster away. So o- October, tough months. A lot of rugby to be played, very serious rugby, two Interpros and two European games, and you need as many fit bodies. We've guys coming back, but nobody comes back. They, they might come back 100% fit, but they're not match fit, they're not match ready. They, they have to be eased in. You, nobody yeah, you see no- that from Jay Keenan like today compared to last week. You know, he was good last week, he was brilliant. It's I think the other thing is it depends on the, sorry it depends on the players coming back. Are they are they established players coming back? If they're established, they can slot in much easier. If they're new players or younger players, then it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, that makes sense. This is a concern. Ulster are coming and they're on fire. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but isn't it? I take the view a bit like Jay Keenan. Isn't it exciting to have them next weekend after this win? That there is a huge now a huge amount of confidence that that everything that Pat Lamb and John Muldoon and Bundyaki have been saying in the dressing room to these lads has actually come to fruition. Just to to keep doing what they're doing, and don't panic, and take a leaf out of their book. Don't look at the outcomes, but just look at the process. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she went there. <laughs> and and I mean, but, but to be fair, it's working. I think next week against against Ulster is a good time. In many ways, for Connacht to get them, when I mean, I don't think there is a bet. I mean, there's no, you know, sort of uh, good time as in the best time to get them. But I think it's a good time to get them after after this and another weekend at home. Good for the fans as well. Yeah, because like getting them in week thirteen of a sixteen week run, like we did last year, Christmas was not necessarily a good time. Alan, any results from tonight? Do we need to update it on. Well, yeah, the Europe are coming back at uh, the US. Yay! Yeah, looks, like, looks like it's going to be 3-1 in the afternoon Ooh. session. Which makes a, ah, but nice for America to win it, though, now. after all their struggles. <laughs> they, they, need, they need a lift. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Okay. Um, so Donald Trump to lift them. Glasgow, <laughs> yeah, Glasgow beat, uh, beat the Dragons away from home, but they didn't get a bonus point. So Can I give you a stat that I think you'd appreciate? Is We're eight points down on where we were last year. People, I made a point this week in my report that let's do some comparisons with the fixtures. Glasgow and Ospreys were the toughest fixtures last year, you know, and Scarlet's away, we didn't even win there. Were we to nick even a one-point dramatic victory over Ulster next week, suddenly that's down to five points down on last year. You know, it's, it's not doom and gloom. No, 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 as I say, pre-season's over and we've got the, <laughs> we're on the roll and we're, we're ready to rock and roll and, and get moving and, of course, Europe is the big thing. No, 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 but I'm bearing in mind that we'll probably only get... We, we, got, we got a losing bonus point against them I last year, so... We did? 10-3 we lost? 
Yeah, he's trying to correct my numbers there, but he's wrong. Okay, so right. Um, Austin, if two, well, to be fair, uh, Ulster are playing tomorrow, and you know, Rune Pienaar gets injured. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. We don't know what they're playing tomorrow. We don't yeah, know what they're injured. They they, if they got that for me, if, I mean, yes, our injuries are worrying, but they haven't played yet. They could get some serious injuries. Worrying too, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's. They've got worrying injuries in, in 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 the midfield at the moment, don't they? So. They, also, players do go down. They always. They, I mean, once again, the last game, the home game they played, they lost two guys in the first ten minutes. You're thinking, how are they doing this? I mean, also players, our players go down, but I think William's right. We don't look enough at the other teams to see how much their players go down, and they do have greater depth. But eventually, they're going to hit the bottom of the barrel as well. So. Yeah, and their depth wasn't there last year when they didn't make the playoffs or make the final, and we did. So, at the end of the day, how did we do in that final? Champions! <laughs> <laughs> haven't mentioned that for a while, Pro 12 champions. We can yeah. mention it with ease again. Okay, for any other business, who has their hand up? Come on. Thank you, William. Yep, yeah, Italy have dropped out of the run for the... 2023 oh, yeah. World Cup, Rugby World Cup. Uh, so now it's just France, ourselves, and South Africa. And technically, at the moment, South Africa cannot bid because the government has withdrawn the right of all South African sports bodies to bid for any international events. That I suspect will be corrected at some stage. Um, but it's encouraging. And this time next year, it'll be all bubbling along. But sure, look what it did for Nelson Mandela. Why wouldn't South Africa want it? It, I mean, they get the opportunity to poison the All Blacks again. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Fantastic. Allegedly, yes, yeah. yeah. I think we're okay. Uh, Allegedly. Actually, speaking of another sport that South Africa is not very good at and New Zealand is better at than them, um, there's a really weird thing come out of Rugby League in Ireland. They've decided that from now on, squads of 19, minimum eight in non-World Cup games... And at the World Cup, minimum six have to have played for an Irish club. I think it's they've taken a look at Rugby Union and decided that how do we increase the game here? And I think they've kind of may have made a huge mistake in terms of they've been sending out development teams to play Italy in, in Rugby League. They hammered them with a team based entirely of, of local players. And we, we know guys who play for the Rugby League team here as well. Some ex Connacht players have gone there as well. And, and Aaron, yeah. Aaron, Aaron indeed does play for Aaron Byrne, my staff man. Uh, but... It's just seems it's a, it's just so randomly chosen, and eight of six eight for these qualifying games out of nineteen that has to play for. They don't have eight players at the moment who played in the nineteen man squad who've played for Irish clubs. In fact, I say they only have three. So this is a really strange ruling to have come up with. It's just an, it's just an aside from a rugby point of view. It's interesting to see how yeah. they, I understand their logic behind how they want to grow the game, but at the same time, I don't think this is the way to do it because my logic would be if you do get eight lads who are picked. <laughs> we're back to cherry picking players those lads will be picked off and go across the water Dave we're already a niche podcast in terms of Connacht rugby within the four provinces now you're trying to establish a rugby league podcast I'm, right? ju- I'm just saying <laughs> it's, some, it's, just, it's just interesting to see how they're going about approaching how to increase a game I think the rugby union boys RFU we, we give out about them but I think they, they approach it a lot better than that I think forcing I'm anti-quotas I just, I just think it's not going to work in this context Genuinely serious for a second. Mayo flag up at the gate. <laughs> Appreciate it, honestly. And I think what, what Pat Lamb has done, what Willie Rann has done, what the Connacht, uh, the, the Connacht entire group as a province have done over the last few years is ensure that this province is a five-county province. And I guarantee you, people didn't feel connected to it as little as three years ago in other counties. And a lot of Galway people did not give a hoot uh, about that when they were told because they didn't believe it. Not that they didn't want us to be connected. They just said, you're talking nonsense. They get it, not Airport or the other stuff the mayo flag flying yeah. we really appreciate it. as a mayo person i really appreciate well it. no i think i think pat lamps when he first came in and he took and went around and toured with his family all the five province mm. all the five provinces five five counties, counties. Yeah. to see to get a feel for it and to understand it i think 
that's been accelerated by Willie Rowan coming in. Let's face it, Willie Rowan, Connett man, you know, from County Mayo, played with Weegens, played with Connett. All I'm saying is, like, people can then identify with yes. with, with the CEO of the branch. It's, it's now, it's now it's, you know, it is a Connett Incorporated. You've got Connett people working here and running it, and I think that's hugely important, the two, pe- the two figures that we had there. William, will you put Barry Moore in full forward, or what do you think? <sighs> Pardon? <laughs> Let's no, get uh, uh, that would be an ecumenical matter. <laughs> OK, this time, by the time you're listening to this, we'll, be, pre- we'll be preparing for the second replay, but carry on, yeah. <laughs> After an extra time draw. The groundsman does a fantastic job. We've got a wonderful, wonderful pitch, but would somebody help him and get paint in those bloody goalposts? They're still not painted. Come on. I'm not sure that's Dave's remit, but someone can. That's the oh, that's head of grounds yeah. maintenance, yeah. OK, it's that's it. The lights are still on. For, I think they've left them on for us. Possibly not. OK, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. Bye. What are we going to do about the New Zealanders? Po- were they really poisoned? Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I think they were outplayed well, by everybody. Were, whatever, whatever it was. No, that would be that come up in the film? That would be the editor's Oh, it choice. did. It was the yeah. chicken. The Everyone who had the chicken dish got sick. That doesn't surprise me. Chicken is poison. And they reckon it wasn't. They reckon like it wasn't the Springboks who did it. Apparently, it was just. <laughs> <She's looking> at... <laughs> just for listeners, she just took a look at the recorder and what? <laughs> that's it. We're out of here. Oh, big thanks to Dave Finn for editing last week's podcast and Emmett McNamara, who's on our editing team as well. Huge thanks. Great to have you on board, Emmett. And Dave's doing this one as well. Thanks, Dave. Well, if somebody. Did a good job.